Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. If you're a Calgary Flames fan, you'll be very familiar with our guest this morning. Ryan Leslie first moved to Calgary from Ontario in 1996 and worked with the Hitmen and other sports jobs before eventually landing a broadcasting position with Global Sports. I remember that. (laughs) Where he worked for five years. He had a couple other jobs before working exclusively with the Flames on Flames TV. And after five years, there's something about that five-year span that Ryan moved to Sportsnet and now we get to see him in action every Flames game with his fancy suits. He's here this morning to of course talk hockey but also we want to get to know the guy behind the voice. Uh oh. Good morning Ryan. Hi good morning it's good to be with you guys this is we were talking a moment ago we have talked about this for ages about perhaps doing a a show or something along those lines together. So it's great to be with you. Exactly. Well, you know, you're going to have to, we're going to have to talk a little hockey. Sure. Because right now Tear. you're gearing up, yeah, right? So what's right. your life like right now as you're gearing up for, for a preseason? Well, you know, you think about, uh, you mentioned it, a preseason. So training camp and development camp and, you know, the Flames had their golf tournament and, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, players are back in town. So it's really just about bringing yourself up to speed. Um Thankfully, I say this, uh, that we don't have to, to broadcast the preseason games. Not that that's a bad thing. It's just, you know, it it is great because you kind of can bring yourself up to speed, get to know these guys without having to kind of, you know, having it go for real. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you kind of kind of get all the rust off and get all the kinks out before the season gets going. So I'm really excited about it. It's a It's been a fascinating couple of years, I got to say. Uh, in and around the organization, the team specifically, and mm-hmm. um, you lots know, of drama over the last oh my year. Gosh, it's lots been nuts. Of drama. And uh, so now we get to see I, what could be a really thrilling conclusion, one way or the other, because they've got a number of players um, who come into the season in their final year of a contract. So, mm-hmm. what does that look like? Well, what if they get off to a really great start? It becomes a very difficult thing for Craig Conroy. It's a great problem to have, except do you hang on to these players? You're rolling right now, but you've got a bunch of players who are in their final year. You cannot afford to lose them for nothing. Right. So as you get into the season, you get off to a great start. Maybe you're into December and you're kind of like where we are position-wise in the standings. Well, what do you do with these players? You, you want to hang on to them? You want to move them when you're rolling? I, it's going to be just, you know, the um, the soap opera type feel of this. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, it is really uh, fascinating to see the, the change, the turnover, and now what happens this year. So we're going to find out soon enough. One of the things that everybody was talking about last year was who's going to be the captain. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be the captain this year. So with Backland, um, now it looks like that may not be the case. Yeah, I mean, he is, he is one of those players who does not have a contract beyond mm-hmm. the season, nor does Elias Lindholm. Um, Michael Backland is a very, you know, valid option, except we don't know how long he's going to be here. Will he right. resign? He's been here his entire career. Uh, he's, he's such a, a nice guy. The, yeah, for sure. He's such a nice I, he guy. He just is. Oh. Do you know that when I was doing Flames TV, I gave him his very first puck that he scored with? Did you really? Yes, I got to present that to him. I didn't My know that. My very short stint with the Flames. I remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Those are good times. That was not a that was not on my highlight reel. Oh come on, but, that was great. No, but but so what's the talk about? What will Craig do well, then? From a captaincy from standpoint, from a captain you know, standpoint, I mean, I think Ryan um, Ryan Huska, the new head coach of the Flames, mm-hmm. is um, you know I 
recently spoke with him about that very topic, and he's gonna he's gonna name his leadership group. There's no doubt, and uh, they've probably got some options in mind. I I've kind of come around to the idea of uh, Jonathan Huberdo. Um, oh, this is a player who has to have a bounce back. He had the largest decline in NHL history from a year ago to where what he had uh, at the end of last season. Um, but that is maybe what people are just talking about on the surface um, and what needs to be really talked about. And I know you talk about leadership a lot uh, mm-hmm. on this program. And I think you've seen a lot of leadership in this guy, taking younger players under his wing, which is a really important step to get that young blood and energy into the Flames locker room and into the lineup and what that can kind of do, that little shot in the arm, if you will, for for you know a veteran group and uh he has really done a lot and i know he's a very proud guy he's a he's a gentleman who um you know is do, taking the steps to really show leadership show you know that type of quality that you want uh, i really do believe he's going to bounce back statistically mm-hmm. but i think as a pro this is a guy you can kind of point to he's uh, very smooth as i say he's a gentleman he's uh he's a veteran uh, he's here long term Right. And he knows, I think, more than just how to speak to refs. He knows about leadership on and off the ice. Well, that's what I wanted to dig into is mm-hmm. that, you know, I've never, I don't know what it takes to be a leader inside the locker room, right? Mm-hmm. So I would assume that there'd be some some parallels to being a leader in a corporation. But how is it different in the locker room? Like, what do the guys need? The young guys, the veterans? Yeah. You have to be able to balance the two, right? Sure. And I think it has to be somewhat organic, much like mm-hmm. the boardroom or the, the business scenario or environment. It has to feel right, not just you're the guy and everybody's like, or, or you're the woman or you're the person, whomever it right. is. It has to be a natural fit. And I think inside the locker room, it has to be well known and it has to be obvious and it has to feel a certain way, not just because we think, and I don't want to go down too far down the road of where society is and what we, you know, who we put in various positions, but this one in the locker room is still very, uh, very much. It has to be a natural fit and it has, you have to have the respect of your peers and you have, it has to be an obvious choice and it has Mm -hmm. to be one that works or it doesn't work. And then what was the point? And then you set yourself back. So there's a reason why the Flames have not had a captain for some time, and that is because there hasn't been an obvious choice. There's been plenty of great leaders Mm -hmm. and leadership group, no problem. Hmm. But uh, there's a reason why there hasn't been one, because it maybe hasn't. And the previous coach as well probably was the, you know, by choice leader. And so that's kind of part and parcel the way it was. So now... You have an opportunity where it will be a captain will be named. It will be the right fit, and there are plenty of options, and it will be one that probably makes sense on a number of levels. So let's talk about the the head coach, the new head coach, mm-hmm. Ryan Huska. So, what kind of guy is he from the player's standpoint? I think he is has their respect in that he has worked his way up. He is a great communicator. You know what he's like, Tari? He's like a, and I've said this uh, in the past, he's kind of like that teacher that you, or that prof that you had, and you never wanted to let he or she down. They mm. were able to tap into something that really spoke to you, got the mm-hmm. most out of you. And boy, you felt terrible if you didn't hand in that paper. Boy, when when he or she spoke to you, you... It clicked. It made sense. And you never wanted to let them down. You run through a wall for him for sure or just seem to get the most out of it. He's a teacher. He's a communicator. Mm-hmm. Uh, Communication. Very, yeah. Huge. Right? In, yeah. in every aspect. Doesn't Listening. matter if it's sport or, or these communication companies, whatever it is, uh, the communication is just so essential. And um, 
And I think he respects the players. He's a young guy. He's 48, for crying mm-hmm. out loud. And, uh, and yet he has been at this craft for some time. I've had the pleasure to be around him for a while. So uh, I think he's got the respect of the players. I think he's got the respect of the organization. Certainly Craig Conroy. He's a new face, but he's a very familiar face. New in this position, but familiar to the team, the boys, the individuals. Right. Um, he's a family man, and I really can't say enough good things about him. And I think he's got a lot of people rooting for him. How do you, you were mentioning earlier that, you know, you're kind of getting the rust off at this Mm -hmm. point in time, preseason and whatnot. We have about a minute and a half left here. But how do you start to develop a relationship with the new guys coming Mm. in who you haven't met yet? Yeah, that's a good one. You know, I'm fortunate in that um, as the host broadcaster, we kind of get some opportunities to meet. And, you know, I've been around this organization a long time and that really helps. And working for the organization as I did for about five years Mm -hmm. certainly helped. You kind of see behind the curtain a little bit and there's a trust factor, a two-way street. You know, you trust them, they trust you and you kind of go forward and you know because you were a part of that as well. So... Uh, I think that uh, some of these guys in the past, I've been around since they were drafted. Some of them, they come in um, for development camp, rookie camp, what have you. Uh, or if it's just uh, day one, you know, thankfully you have some relationships and rapport with other guys who kind of relay that to them, that uh, that hopefully you can develop that rapport mm-hmm. that way. So there's plenty of uh, ways to get to know these guys. And I'm around... <laughs> It's a balancing act, Tar, because as you know, you're around them all the time, on the plane, in the hotel, arriving late, um, middle of the night kind of thing. So it is a real balancing act, but you certainly get to know them quick. Okay, well, we want to get to know you a little deeper. So we're going to go beyond hockey after the break. We're going to take a break. We're with Ryan Leslie. He's a Flames host with Sportsnet. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. We're back with Ryan Leslie, the Flames host with Sportsnet. Uh, we just have to take a second also to acknowledge that Calgary Economic Development is the sponsor of this show. So thanks to them for supporting Calgary Next. Before the break, Ryan, we were talking about getting to know you as a person. I've had the luxury of meeting your two girls. Ah, uh, so, yes. Yeah, you're, you're right. a father of, of two girls. Tell me what it feels like to be a dad raising two young teenagers in this world. It is wild. And you've gone through it. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm going through it now. Um, (laughs) My oldest is 16 and my youngest is 13. So grade 11 and grade eight. And, uh, you know, both um, probably pretty typical teenage girls and uh, it's wonderful. And I love being a, a dad a girl dad, excuse me, I mm-hmm. got to get that term right. Um, but I, I love it. And, um, you know, they've kind of been my compass. They've kind of been my, uh, you know, like everybody, like every parent, they're home and that's what it is and family. And, and uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate. They are great girls. Um, I'm sure uh, at some point I'm going to get put through the ringer, but touch wood so far, it has been mm-hmm. really great. And uh, it's the best thing that I have in my life. It's, it's wonderful. Do they have aspirations of getting into broadcasting, doing what you're doing? No, they're smarter than that. And, <laughs> uh, you know, they don't know which road they want to go. And, uh, and so I think young. that's okay. Yeah, it's, it's wild. You know, 
guidance counselors and, and just even conversation and, and social pressure, if you will, um, talking about knowing what you want to do, knowing where you want to go to university. Mm-hmm. I've been having this conversation a lot with other dads, other moms, just to the idea of talking about like, well, what are you doing? What's your approach? I know you've gone, uh, you're, you know, from a university standpoint, you've gone through it and see your kids leave home, that kind of thing. And for me, um, I think we followed that script. We just think that's what's supposed to happen next. But I've kind of been taking a step back a little bit from that because my oldest doesn't know what she wants to do and I don't want her to feel, and well, she's coming to me saying, dad, I'm not going to university just for the sake of going. I'm not going to blow any money just to not know what I'm taking and to mm-hmm. go. So They're I, wising up. But maybe, yeah, right? maybe a little bit of that script is broken a little bit, yeah. right? Like it, you're 16. Should you know? Uh, I mean, think yeah. about what Some we were thinking do. at 16 compared to 40. Yeah, exactly. And beyond. So I don't know. I don't know if it'll you know, until a year off or, or what to go travel. I don't know, but, uh, it is wild that I'm having these conversations and I love it. You know, Mm -hmm. they're playing basketball, which is great. And, you know, school is a priority and, you know, going through the first job thing. So it really is, um, something that I'm fiercely proud of, of who they are and what they're doing and what they're becoming. And, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying the ride. Do they like hockey? They don't really care. <laughs> yeah. You know, they've had some really neat interactions though, over the years. I met Johnny Gaudreau came and picked them up from school. Uh, my daughter's. Oh, uh, come on. Yeah, it was great. Uh, her nickname uh, in certain circles was G. And she'd said, Dad, for my birthday, maybe I could get a G wagon. And I'm like, ha. <laughs> and then I thought, wait a minute, I know a guy who has one. So uh, John and I went and picked her up from school in his G wagon for her birthday. And all of her buddies came out with her. They didn't know. And right. we're outside going, hey. But she's like, what? <laughs> Your what? ride's here. Unbelievable. So, you know, they've <laughs> had some special. really, yeah, they've been around the rink. Uh, you know, I remember Bob Hartley brought him into his office, and gave them all sorts of Easter stuff. They had a blast. Uh, you know, they've, they've met guys from around the league and stuff. Um, you know, they loved Matthew Kachuk. He was great with them. Didn't matter what it was, um, mm-hmm. a video, happy birthday, or you know, come on down to the rink or whatever. He was just so great with them all. And, you know, as so many guys are. So they've they've met everybody in the last number of years. And but they don't really, I mean, they like coming to games now because it's a thing to do. Right. But they don't really fun. care. They don't really care. Yeah, it's fun for them. So obviously you, you develop really good, solid relationships with the players mm-hmm. and also their families. Yeah. So h- how is it for you when they leave? It's a great, you know what? That's a great question because we were. Ju- I was just having this conversation. We went through it with the Gaudreaux and we got to yeah. know them quite well. Um, very close with the Kachucks. Keith is uh, an absolute legend, uh, Matthew's dad. And I just heard from him the other day. He checks in periodically still because their time in Calgary was unique. And, mm. and just because Matthew left was never, ever going to be a reflection of the city and the relationship that he and the entire family, especially Keith, had. He, they loved it here. Loved it. They miss it dearly. And um, and so it's tough when these guys go, because I've been with Matthew since he walked off the draft floor, like that right, moment. Right. And, uh, and when we go to St. Louis, we go to the Kachuk household and, uh, you know, you you get to know the families in a way and I'm the same age as Keith. So it's great. You know, mm-hmm. Come over to the house. We ha- it's great when he comes to town and I think he might come to town in February. So, um, and now you wonder, okay, somebody like uh, Hannafin or, you know, somebody right. know this family really well, but will he resign? It remains to be seen. Right. 
and close with his dad and been around this kid since he was drafted and as well uh, went to Carolina but came here I was still around him at that draft and so it is a real a real thing and I think those relationships are great um, and it's a part of professional sports guys getting traded you you get it but it's mm-hmm. almost when you say goodbye, am I going to see these families again? It's right. kind of it's kind of interesting because it's, then you see them on the road or when you go into whatever city there. Yeah. But it's it's still not the same. But you still you know when you hear from them, it's like anything else, I guess. Colleagues right. who move on, but uh, but it is a neat wrinkle that you kind of go, man, I miss I miss Big Walt Keith. His nickname Big Walt, but you miss those guys and uh, the memories because a lot of good ones in this town. Well, that's just it. Is that you know we talked about how intense fans get right, mm-hmm. and so they start. What I find is people start to think of players as assets instead of human beings. And so I wondered about your perspective. You know, when you've got a young guy, just Mm -hmm. a young guy, just Mm -hmm. trying to figure life out, doing his best, and he's on the team, and then all of a sudden he's placed on waivers, and he's destroyed. Uh You know, give us us a lens into that that side of the hockey world. And Uh, I know that fans are like, well, he's getting paid a million dollars, so... But at well, the same they, time, yeah, it is. It is a balance because mm-hmm. they are an asset, and um, and it is pro sports, mm-hmm. and that is the business side of it, and it is cutthroat, and and it is just the way it is. But there is the human component and the human element that uh, that have to creep in there. And at the end of the day, you know, they're bummed, but they understand the business side of it. Uh, other people might, you know, management uh, teammates, whomever might be bummed, fans might be bummed out about it. But but it is. It's not new. It's not changing, and it's uh, it's just the business side of it that uh, is the cruel, sometimes cruel side of it. And uh, injuries, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you see what happened on Monday night in New York. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, yeah. is uh, is done for the year, and that's just the cruel. That's one component of it. Uh, but uh, but yeah, when guys are getting cut, guys are getting waived, guys are getting traded, um, guys aren't playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a you know, a myriad of scenarios that could play out where you're like, oh, just didn't go the storybook way, but it right. is the business. You want to get paid? You got to play better. You want to stick around? Play better. Um, or even if you're playing better, things are going to happen and you might move because you may be going in a different direction as an organization. So there's all sorts of scenarios. You don't get too attached. It's just the business of it. But uh, every now and then, the opposite happens. You do get attached and you do see right. a guy go on. You wish him well, like the guys like Sam Bennett and Matthew Kachuk, you see them doing mm-hmm. well in Florida. Ryan Lomberg, who Calgary, Craig Conroy discovered. And, uh, and then he's this great little agitator down in Florida. He's made a name and a career for himself. So right. you're really happy to see these guys while you're not seeing them every day. Chances are some of them are going to resurface and maybe even do better elsewhere because they got a fresh start or they're on a better team, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you're pumped for them. And when you see them, it's, and, and the same goes for guys who end up being coaches in this league. I have some friends who I grew up with uh, back in Ontario and junior who are now NHL coaches. And, you know, Andrew right. Burnett is the head coach of the Nashville Predators. I couldn't be happier for a guy to see him get that. And Ryan McGill, who's bounced around, he's a coach and junior in Owen Sound, my hometown. And it's great to see him, you know, from Vegas to Jersey, all these things. So you realize over time that the league's really small. You develop these relationships, players, coaches. You see people advancing their careers, mm-hmm. whatever, be it player, be it coach. And, and you're thrilled for them because uh, of the cruelness that you talked about. When you see it, when you see them survive and thrive, it makes it even sweeter because right. there is no guarantee. There is no... Um, 
promise that it's going to work out this way. Mm-hmm. So you're even more ecstatic for guys when they just keep finding an earning opportunity. Maybe. We love watching you. Well, thanks. Yeah, love Thank it. You. Just your flow. You're just smooth. Do you Ryan remember Leslie. when Craig Conroy and I came to your uh, spin class? Oh, yeah. Do I ever? And you crushed me <laughs> badly. I had not done a spin class. There was a puddle the size of Lake Ontario underneath Craig's stationary bike. Yes. From sweating it. But he was In such the a warm up. He was a. He, Pro hockey player, a thousand yes. games. He was not going to give up. <laughs> no, he was at highest resistance going to town. He would not give town. up. He but refused. you guys have to come back now because no you came once and once. never came again. Well, it scared me. No, okay. I, you'll be back. That you'll was, be back. That was a fantastic memory. We came in and you just kicked our butts. It was great. As That was my job. Thanks, Ryan. Well, well thanks for having me. Go I Flames. It. Go Flames, go. Yeah, wild year. Ryan Leslie, the Flames host with Sportsnet. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges.